We're back with another episode of the Retail Podcast by Virat AI, and I'm Krithika Anand, your host. The Retail Podcast by Virat AI leads the conversation on the retail landscape with a spotlight on emerging trends in tech. We speak with industry experts, leaders, and trailblazers shaping retail as we know it today. I'm co-hosting today's episode with Sham Ravi Shankar, Head of Content and Digital Marketing at Virat AI. Hi, Sham. Hey, everybody. Let's welcome our guest for the day. We have with us Abhishek Agarwal, founder and director of Purple Style Labs. With names such as Purnia's Pop-Up Shop, The Stylist, Wendell Rodericks, and Heyman Trivedi, PSL is at the forefront of India's luxury market game. He gave up his lucrative career in finance to set up Purple Style Labs in 2015. Abhishek envisioned corporatizing leading Indian design labels under one platform, that would act as an Indian luxury house. Bringing together truly exceptional houses with an online and offline presence, PSL is creating your favorite destination to discover Indian designer wear in truly unique settings. Welcome to the Retail Podcast by Bureau AI Abhishek. We're very excited to have you on board with us today. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we did it a couple of months ago, but uh, we thought, you know, it's good to get the news out in the media. We're glad. Um, Okay, so let's dive right into the podcast. Um, Let's get to know a little bit about your background. So tell us, what was the reason behind the switch from aerospace engineering and banking to luxury fashion? How did you stumble upon the idea of building India's largest luxury fashion e-commerce marketplace, Abhishek? So, uh, I mean, I'm not a typical engineer. (laughs) I have uh, not been the ones who have studied a lot or anything. I come from a business family background from Eastern side of India. So at the age of uh, 16, you know, the only agenda was to shop and, you know, what are you shopping? What are you wearing? What are you driving? What are you riding? So I always have had this interest towards fashion. Uh, Obviously uh, you live a very different kind of life inside an IT Bombay campus, but a few nicks and nags still existed during those five years. So when I joined Deutsche, I was uh, always, like, always thought I'll start wearing suits once I join a certain job. So being in banking, you know, I picked that up. Even during placements, I would have had a, like over 100 of my friends shop suits. So I had that affinity towards, you know, for, for, for a, I have that affinity for a very long time now. But uh, when I was leaving Deutsche and planning to start something on my own, so fashion was like the first choice. And even within fashion, I realized, you know, I don't want to focus on the mass side of clothing where, I mean, you're making for a very large population out there. It would be better to focus on premium luxury and cater to a relatively smaller population. I believe it's easier to make money that way. So that is how the uh, inception of Purple Style Labs happened in 2015. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. You know, you're your journey and how you started shopping for your friends and what it became is really nice. That's quite a shift. And it looks like the Indian luxury fashion market is going places with your idea. All right. So let's talk about your growth with Pernia's pop-up shop. PSL has been quite the revetting success story. PSL has grown Pernia's pop-up shop more than 30 times since the acquisition. And you've been scaling absolutely phenomenally. And just recently, you've received funding of $10 million in Series B. So tell us the things you did differently and how it has changed the face of luxury fashion in India. 
So when I started PSL in 2015, obviously it was a very small company then. I used to work with 20, 30 relatively younger designer brands to help them scale their business. Uh, after three years into the industry, I realized that the biggest challenge probably is not having a single one platform, which is omni-channel and selling, you know, not just the top designers, but also the uh, younger upcoming designers. And uh, uh, within a short window of a couple of months, we ended up buying Pernia's pop-up shop. Uh, Pernia's pop-up shop as a platform has been the pioneer in uh, luxury e-commerce out of India. Uh, we have scaled it 50 times, obviously, but uh, uh, we got it at a certain pedestal where it was easier to uh, deliver scale because sometimes the initial part of the journey can be tougher than the scaling part. I mean, they come with their own sets of challenges. So when we acquired in February 18, I think back then the monthly run rate was about a million, million and a half dollars. Uh, currently, we are at about $60 million of run rate in four years of acquisition. So yeah, I mean, I oh, mean wow. we have not done anything special to scale it. Uh, anybody in our shoes would have done the same set of things. Uh, probably we might have done a Delta better than any other team. But I think uh, uh, the acquisition played a big role. Uh, in terms of uh, the scaling that came after the next four years. Uh, when we picked, it was just an e-commerce platform. 75% uh, of our business, even then, was international. Even today, it's international. And what we realized, a lot of people in the domestic market are not shopping because uh, they prefer to still have the uh, offline store touch and feel experience and they want want that service offline rather than online. So we started with the first store in Juhu. It's been four years. We currently are at 14 stores. Uh, these will be mostly on the luxury streets of the country. Uh, today, we are in seven cities, which is Bombay, Delhi, Calcutta, Hyderabad, Bangalore, and we just opened in Ahmedabad. And we have one store in London as well on Grosvenor Street. So for us, the online offline business are very closely interlinked. You can browse online, you can shop offline, you can go to the stores. Even if you want to order a product which is not at the store, you can just place the order there. So it's all interconnected. We sell about 1,000 brands today across online and offline and probably about uh, 100,000 uh, designs, SKUs in total. That's absolutely incredible. So um, we're curious to know about PSL's overall mission. When we were reading about PSL, something really stood out for us. With PSL, you're not just selling a product, but also paving the way for a lifestyle one aspires to have. Can you tell us how you create a memorable experience for shoppers in a way that makes them come back for more? So as I said, like uh, as a customer, uh, once you uh, start shopping in a certain price bracket, it very quickly scales across categories. So you might start with uh, having something for a wedding, which you buy from us. But let's say uh, you want to pick something in the casual wear range, which earlier you would have spent uh, probably two to three KINR, but now you want to uh, spend higher than that. So you have uh, options even for things like that. Uh, we in the last three years have also expanded categories across men, home decor. We also have some kids stuff on the website. So what we have also done, we have constantly added more categories for the same set of customers to have more upsell when we are trying to serve them over a much, much longer period of time. So I think the variety is not just limited to category in women's wear, which is our largest category, but also have you know, smaller, smaller categories by the side on the website, which uh, just give a customer more reasons and more options to pick from. 
Right. We we love that. And you know, you can't create incredible experiences without tactical investments in the right kind of technology that you know that can help shape the a customer's journey, especially you know, with such a wide variety you have on your website across categories, you know, it's vital to shape their journeys in a way that is best suited to them or personalized to them. With that, we thought we'll touch upon a little bit of the tech and how PSL is tapping into it. Uh, Indian designers are able to build strong equity among shops today, but it's a task to make it commercially viable in the long run. But uh, PSL through Pernia's pop-up and the stylist is facilitating a platform by connecting fashion stylists and designers directly to the consumers. This requires a good level of technology and uh, operational efficiency. So tell us, uh, how do you use technology in every step of the value chain? And uh, what are some of the exciting tech investments you've made and are looking to make going forward? So honestly, uh, uh, luxury mostly relies on the streamlining of the backend technology first. Uh, so when we entered into this industry, we realized that it's, it's extremely unorganized. Like uh, uh, even to the basic extent of probably operating Excel sheets is not what most designers prefer. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about technology in an industry that is unorganized, uh, there are much, much more basic levels of technologies that need to be brought in place. So since the acquisition, it's been uh, over four years now, uh, we would have built over 50 tools in-house uh, in terms of our basic operations, right from you know the products coming from the designer to the QC, to the fulfillment, uh, to even linking uh, uh, subjective comments onto the platform uh, so that it's visible to other people. Now it all might look very simple, but to actually feed in the data from all the stakeholders on a regular basis becomes the challenge there. So over the growth journey, we have smoothened these tools in-house. Uh, wherever uh, it needs uh, external technology, we have smartly integrated it, be it the recommendation from we use from view.ai or, uh, or the emailers or uh, or any other simple techniques which are have become more hygiene in the ecosystem now, we have ensured that they very smoothly integrate with our base technology so that the whole ecosystem is able to grow at a faster pace. Now, uh, since we are growing extremely fast than we anticipated, the stress testing of the technology also gets done uh, by itself. So I think uh, that way we are pretty well positioned where we don't uh, promote ourselves as a technology company but honestly, you can't grow at 100% year on year if you're not technologically efficient at every step of the value chain. Yeah, it's especially, you know, what you said about uh, the first, the hygiene checks and to make sure anything you invest in new integrates well into your tech stack. It's so important. Of late, you know, we are noticing this trend in the Indian luxury market where corporates are acquiring large portions of fashion brands. This has been a recent development in India but is also gaining a lot of momentum. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this trend. Uh, well, honestly, uh, when I started PSL, uh, most of the brands were promoter-run industry was extremely unorganized. So I always believe that India does have a potential to you know, create not just one, but you know, uh, a few luxury houses, which eventually will help in institutionalizing the whole industry as such. I mean, mm. the same phenomena 
happened in the West, uh, probably in the 80s, 90s, when you saw the rises of LVMH, Kering, Rishma. Yes. What these acquisitions have done globally 30, 40 years ago is that they ensured that a lot of these companies or brands, which had built a lot of strong brand equity with the customers, but were not able to scale themselves as a business. Uh, institutionalizing brought that into the system. Uh, when we picked up Pernia's, obviously, uh, we were much smaller as a company and uh, uh, it's only grown during the journey. Reliance, Birla and the likes, uh, given that they already have the capital, they have uh, the resources, they went after the top 10 designers, they have done a few acquisitions in that. Uh, I think all of this is only going to help the industry in the longer run. So if we are looking to grow this company over the next 30 years, whether we have 4, 5, 10, 15 IPs with us in the journey, it doesn't take anything away from what others are trying to do at the same time. If collectively, let's say 50 brands over next 20 years can become, you know, 1000 crore brands, that is what will become the base of the industry. I mean, the houses can always exchange hands on the brands. You have seen that in the past happening in the West yeah. more often than you can think of. But that is what it means. Brand will always last longer than the designer. Brands can be 100 year old brands. They can reinvent themselves multiple times during that journey. So long as it is, it is somebody's responsibility. So I think that way is, uh, it's a key thing. Our industry is only 30, 35 years old. Uh, so we are yet to see uh, a lot of this happening over the next 10 years, which will ensure that the industry 100 years later, uh, when you compare it with the Western industry, it would be a sizable number as well. That's that's super interesting. You know, your analogy to LVMH and uh, houses in the West, Right. More on the industry, what challenges do you think uh, fashion, luxury, e-commerce face in India specifically? What What is the biggest challenge you see and, you know, how do, how do brands overcome it? Well, I think the first and foremost challenge is that, you know, uh, the companies uh, have been run by designers who are often the business head, the MD, the CEO. They, they play uh, all the roles, like they're just wearing different hats. Now you can only do so much as a single person. Uh, yeah. Even when I bought Pony, I was a solo founder. The first thing I did was built up the team. So today, if there are around 30, 40 people in senior management in the company, that is why we are able to grow that fast. Now, usually that becomes the first challenge for uh, any unorganized industry for that matter, not just uh, Indian luxury fashion. So I think over the next 10 years, it will also be the key that we create a broader cadre. We create more people who are able to handle multiple steps in that value chain uh, individually and are also able to grow them. And building these key resources as an industry will be one of the important things that all the houses need to focus on because they won't run themselves. You'll need people to do it. And uh, second, I think the biggest challenge is the underlying product itself. I mean, globally, the brands have moved beyond being couture to being more ready to wear, have products. I mean, they're still very expensive, but so long as the product is extremely dependent on hand labor, hand skilled embroidery, uh, there will be a challenge in terms of scaling the brand as a whole. So right. we are also actively trying to get into certain categories where the brand equities are strong, which will ensure that uh, the products are more easily scalable because end of the day, you will have to sell more products to more customers to do more revenue. 
So when we acquired Wendell Rodericks, that was our intention. It is very different as a brand from what we sell at Pernia's. It's not your typical wedding wear. It's a resort wear brand. Uh, it's it has a thirty years journey. Uh, obviously, Wendell had a very strong brand equity. So we are constantly expanding categories in Wendell to make it into a lifestyle brand, so that it in itself, without any dependency on Pernia's distribution, can become a hundred million brand in the next ten years. Wow, this is. incredible to hear with the idea of building india's largest luxury fashion marketplace we'd love to hear your thoughts on the association with bureautier uh, i i know now uh, ashwini and anand for you know uh, almost 3 for 3 3 and a half years we had bought pernia i think uh, uh, a year before we met bureautier so i mean uh, it's new right uh, internationally sometimes it's easier to execute certain technologies because you have enough depth on the data both on the demand side and the supply side yeah. this being an unorganized industry and you know extremely diverse set of categories of products so to implement technology at the customer side in terms of recommendation and etc uh, it wasn't easy and i wasn't even sure if it's going to work so you know anand said you know let's let's go ahead let's test it out uh, why don't you uh, so we did that and it's been 3 to 1/2 years we are extremely happy with the association and i think in the journey we have obviously bounced a few things few thoughts even during covid there were few ideas that were springing in our head so we've explored much more than what we just currently use and i think as the industry grows uh, in india th- there will be many such more use cases where such technologies can translate into m- many more platforms and categories so i think yeah. uh, it is not always copy paste across the globe so the focus being on the indian platforms i think it's gonna pay off a long way for bureautier for sure certainly and we uh, certainly hope so as well so uh, i earlier you spoke a bit about how you are building your team at tsl right when we spoke about challenges the industry faces so tell us a bit about your team at psl you know what's what's the idea what's the uh, vision behind the team there so i mean uh, see we we had a very simple approach from day one uh, we were classic outsiders i mean even at the management all five of us have nothing to do with fashion so we approached every problem you know with with like a black mind there was no baggage of thoughts that were carrying right. for that but what we have ensured barring five of us the rest of the team has been hired through the industry over a period of time in the last four years uh, the only difference is historically probably they were working at setups which were pretty much promoter oriented where they had to take approvals for everything and uh, the decision making was not decentralized okay uh, given the fact that you know we want people to grow we want them to learn make mistakes not an issue there so that helped us setting up the next 30 people in the company who today you know would have learned on ground who might have come from uh, different uh, backgrounds but they have been able to catch up pretty quickly because at the end of the day it's not a very difficult business to do it's just that you need to get the pulse of it and get going so we have always believed in you know hiring people who come with a bit of experience with of enthusiasm and the willingness to take responsibility to do things uh so i think that decentralized mechanism has worked for us which allows us even to shift at times our tech product head to oversee the store business also i mean that kind of flexibility only exists 
when you're all 30 people know the value chain in and out mm, yes and we are, we are not a business of depth we are more a breadth business so anybody who can you know know the flow chart internally how the system works will be very easily able to switch on hats and it also gives them a like they don't get bored in the work right <laughs> yeah very true <laughs> this is amazing we like how there's a lot of flexibility at psl and how different people hone different hats um so finally what's on the horizon for purple star labs well i think uh, we are happy with the growth right now uh, we luckily are not the ones who have very aggressive capital on our cap table i mean honestly we have not even raised 25 million dollars till date so we uh, are are completely capable of you know scaling pernia's pop up shop to a 200 to 300 million run rate in the next 3 to 4 years and at our own pace mm-hmm. uh it is obviously supported by a very strong demand we today are the largest player in the space probably larger than the second third fourth fifth player combined so mm-hmm. uh that also gives us a bit of leverage to act fast but we don't want to act too fast than what is needed out there in the system because end of the day the supply is not something that can scale exponentially even though i mean honestly i don't believe it can scale in any consumer business but in this business not for sure so we are happy growing it at a certain rate where we are able to double our sales in every two years and that gives us enough comfort to ensure that the profitability is in place the team is in place and it doesn't put anybody through an undue stress uh and at the same time delivering great returns for our investors so i think the next 3 years we will be focusing on the pernia's business and over the next 20 to 30 years sure every 2 years we do look for one acquisition but unless we can't grow a business 100x we won't acquire them that's usually been our strategy all the way we don't like the spray mechanism right right fantastic what thrill to hear all this and we wish you the very best for what's to come so that brings us to the end of the section of the episode but we're going to hold on to you for a little longer for a quick rapid fire session to get to know a lot more about you abhishek are you ready for this yeah sure let's go <laughs> okay let's go what's your favorite cuisine uh indian uh what's your favorite series on netflix right now uh honestly i don't watch things much on television but uh, i was not sure if it was netflix or not but i really liked uh, uh, the chernobyl season in 2020 and i watched that a few times so Ooh, but i don't watch that much so who's your role model and why uh well i think i read about bernard hernald a lot in general because uh, our journeys are pretty similar uh an outsider bought dior just because it was part of uh, one of his long term visions he wanted to do then he picked up lvmh majority stake and then kept doing the same thing over 30 years with different brands uh, i'm too small too early in the journey but i whatever material i can find about you know how the deeds were stitched and you know how the business has been grown it's really interesting how lvmh has been built so yeah definitely i look that's interesting What's your favorite drink? Hey, you stole my question. <laughs> uh interestingly I drink buttermilk a lot. I'm practically a teetotaler, I don't drink much. So <laughs> I'm saying that one right now as well. Right. So, uh we we know you you love cricket. So who's your favorite cricketer and why? Well, honestly, uh I mean 
over the 2025 years of watching cricket uh, i think it would be i think sevag because uh, I, i like that kind of approach you know the kls approach being uh, you know really going out there so i think there is one cricketer i mean it's like used to love him back till he lasted on the piece <laughs> yeah his opening innings were like yeah. legendary and uh, yesterday surya kumar's yadav innings were great so sunday i was just yeah so it was brilliant so uh quick uh, question cricket again dhoni or kohli ah uh, well dhoni i i always i'm the captain right so <laughs> <laughs> right love it great answers abhishek and that is the end of this episode on the retail podcast for bureau ti we had a great time having you on our podcast and thank you so much for joining us we'd love to keep hearing many more success stories about you and psl definitely kritika thank you for having me here thank you sham pleasure guys thanks abhishek for view.ai this is kritika anand and sham ravi shankar stay tuned for your dose of all things retail and ai until next time bye bye